Hello and welcome to The Stack. This week we look at The Unseasonal, a timeless special projects magazine. Plus NR, a biannual conceptual print publication embracing fashion, art, design and music. And a title that is all about your passions in life. It's called It's a Passion Thing, of course. Enjoy the show. From Midori House in London, this is The Stack, 30 minutes of print industry analysis, and I am Fernando Augusto Pacheco. We start the show with a very beautiful title, The Unseasonal, self-described as a special projects magazine. Founded by Austrian artist and photographer Gerger, the latest issue is titled Night Swim. Gerger tells me more about the magazine. So it started many years ago when when suddenly I, I, I had like really this concrete idea actually to launch a magazine. And I, I was obviously thinking a lot about it before doing so, because I was in the industry and in the business for, for a long, long while. <laughs> and so um, I think you need to have nowadays a really, really good reason to, to launch a print publication. But it still has a very good time because it was actually before people were really so aware of climate change. I mean, of course, you can say like we were aware of like 50 years ago, 60 years ago, but like, you know, like read the mass. And so it just restarted to be this main, main, main focus on a daily basis. And so the unseasonal was for me something that works in fashion because, you know, a couple of years ago, reader designers started just to, to, to change their, their schedules or they would otherwise get burnouts and they would just exit the, 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 the industry. And like, so we were all running faster and faster and faster, especially in fashion. And it just didn't really work anymore. You, you realized it did not work. And just the pandemic, of course, helped now to make it really, you know, pop basically. And um, I, I think the whole bubble worked just for a while. And so the unseasonal is something that is the unusual, it's um, off seasons, it's we are doing our own thing. And I like this idea of being off season because sometimes in the off season you can find true beauty, which I think it's also what your magazine represents because I have to say the design of the title is amazing. I mean, I think you got a lot of prizes as well. And I think because of the work you do, I think that's something you prize a lot as well because it, it visually it's turning. It is special product as well. Yes, thank you. Um, so I, I think the unseasonal also works so well, of course, in the world. And that's why I also mentioned really climate change, because it's so much also our um, DNA in a way, because we want to change really the world. We want to inspire to change the world and stay very, very, very positive at the same time. And so like it also really makes sense because the, the seasons, you know, are really indeed Unfortunately, of course, sadly, I'm changing in the world. And tell us about some of the features, because it's such an interesting collection. I have to tell you, one of my favorite stories was uh, with Kate Yanai, the Bacardi feeling, because <laughs> I, I love that sound so much. And I, I thought it was quite interesting to be represented. How do you, how do you select? I mean, it's quite, I, I wouldn't say random, but it is an interesting collection of stories. Yes, thank you for mentioning that story. Um, I think especially it's an interesting story because so many Europeans in particular can connect to that feeling. It's nostalgia, right? So we work a lot with nostalgia, a lot with tradition, like it's a really timeless publication, you know, so 
in a way we just choose something that is almost like like a mixtape it's about a feeling and that's also how i feel it's definitely not like a typical fashion magazine at all right but it is about the feeling of fashion it's about a certain style but like it's so much about emotions and how like what we connect you know with and so that was like just really important also for that story but also so many others and then we try to find you know like how does every single story connects to each other in each issue so again like it's really like an old-fashioned mixtape that really works well and hopefully you know is on the shelf for a long 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 time and you can just come back to it and read a little bit more and so it's all about that feeling i mean you mentioned uh, of course fashion and i know you're you're quite close to the industry as well i think you've done a lot of kind of fashion photography as well do you think the industry is just changing for for better or what's your view on that as a, as a whole i know it's difficult to talk about everyone but yes so so absolutely so so luckily in a way i think that's probably the silver lining of the pandemic i do think it will help also the world to to focus on completely different things because people were just running especially as like in america for example you know i'm a european in america but like it's just in the us like people were running and they didn't take any time off you know they would just focus on and it would work and work and work and like it would be always the same and you would not see what's happening really in the world you know for a long long time and as like in the industry and so i feel absolutely what happened now people suddenly slow down and they they realize it's okay and it even makes you know products better it makes artistic work better because you need as an artist as to step back you know and just have time to 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 rethink right to reflect and all that i do um i do really want to believe at least that the world is on the whole becoming a better place again <laughs> Oh, it's good to to be optimistic as well. And tell us, I mean, I know you're you you live in LA and and you're Austrian, but what about the the readers of the magazine or the or the people that follow the unseasonal on, on social media? Do you think are they mainly Americans or Europeans, or is quite an international audience in a way? And I'm really proud um, that we have such an international audience. I mean, it was launched really as an international magazine because that's what I really believe in nowadays. You know that that can work again. Like so, and brands also and partners, right? Um, they are refocused really and and they are really, really happy um, to be part of all that. And I think it works because. It's, it is just such an international place the world now we live in, right? Because everything is connected and most uh, most people can can read like the English language so you don't need to have translations for everything and all that. And so it just really, really, really works well. But like the biggest market, of course, is the North American market. But um, but Europe, for example, or even like South America or, or Asia, I mean, they're all so interested in the unseasonal and we receive constantly, you know, those amazingly nice letters and emails from everywhere in the world. And like, it makes me actually really, really, really happy. And you must have an amazing book of contacts as well, because you always, uh, of course, in the book as well, sorry, in the magazine, I was calling it a book, but <laughs> you have images from, you know, Claudia Schiffer, Stephanie de Monaco, I mean, amazing. You and you kind of photographed everyone, like from Rihanna to Karl Lagerfeld, only the big icons as well. Tell us, I mean, what's your involvement with with the celebrity uh, industry in a way as well? Do, do you have a good relationship with Dan when you photograph someone like Paula Schiffer, for example? You know, I hate the the on the one hand the 
the reason basically to, to, to photograph or be around with celebrities just because of that, right? And a lot of people, especially in LA or as in the industry, as other photographers, right? like they just enjoy, you know, doing celebrity stories because they think it makes them famous or, or because it's celebrities. And I never liked that aspect at all, you know? So for me, it's the other way around. I love to be around with people who are just making great things, you know, who are really, really great persons, who have a great heart, and then, you know, have like a special personality because of that, right? And those personalities and celebrities are the ones I really, 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 really like and adore, basically. And I love to work with those. And so I try just to surround myself with those. And we also, as a magazine, we try to surround ourselves with those. And so that's why, you know, we will never have like just a story because a publicist just pitched someone who's just big because like there's another new Netflix show coming out. You know, it's, it's absolutely nothing what we do. You know, most of the times it's A celebrities and they are re like, there's a reason for why they are A celebrities because they are just uh, great, 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 great persons. Oh, absolutely. And, and tell us about the, the title of, of the new issue, Night Swim. I find it such a beautiful title, very uh, evocative in a way uh, as well. It can, can almost be the name of the mixtape as you were talking before. Right. <laughs> <Night> Swim. <laughs> you should make a mixtape together with it. Yeah, so um, we, we, we slowly started to introduce more topics. And um, it's, it's more, you know, the feeling of a cinematic piece almost or, or a book, you know. Um, and so the interesting thing is, before I go into this topic, I, I feel what I want to say, it's interesting how things connect in the end season in every single issue, because it's the topics of the different articles, it's the overall theme. And it's also the visuals and then sometimes tiny tidbits. So like some names, you know, like you will read about in one story and then they appear again. For example, like Pink Floyd, right? Like, so like there's this big Pink Floyd story, but then there's also Roger Waters, um, who was actually, you know, like kind of not like a big thing in that story, but again, suddenly in another story with, uh, for example, um, Willie Christie and, and Grace Codding, right? So it connects so nicely that if you read the whole issue and every single word, you feel you know why every single piece, every single picture, every single question or interview question or every single thing we select is in there. <laughs> so, and it, with the night swim issue, you know, it also came together like that. So there is a feeling for it and some ideas about aesthetics and, and visuals, and then it comes together so easily, you know, it's a lot of me um, coming up with a few ideas and I talk to the team and then we have some editors meetings and like, and then at some point, you know, there's so much material. So it's never like, oh, let's get inspired or something. It is always too much, you know, so it, it comes easily in a way. It should just take you away, you know, it should be always in a way, like, for example, this issue, it's, it's kind of tropical, you know, and sometimes it's very, like you see the luck, the luxury, right? And all the places in the world and in Europe and the palaces and all that. And this issue is more just like about like the island feeling. It takes you away, you know, to another place, but it's not just about escapism, right? It, it should still give you ideas to, well, how can we still make us the world we really live in better on a daily basis? That was Gurgur there from the Unseasonal. And their latest issue is out now. 
And what's your passion in life and in your career? It's something so many of us have been pondering even more since the start of the pandemic. The line between following your passion and achieving success in businesses is what inspired founder Sandra Heicht and editor Karen Novazansky, two Austrian veterans of the communications world, to create an English-language magazine dedicated to the subject. It's a Passion Thing is released twice a year and is currently on its fifth issue. It includes interviews with inspiring business owners around the world, from an art house cinema owner in Singapore to a baker in Merano to a teacher of movement in South Korea. Monaco's news editor Chris Chermak spoke with Karin and Sandra about their project. He began by asking Sandra about what drove her own passion to create the magazine. Well, the idea has been lying around in a drawer for almost uh, 10 years. And I think it, it came from me working in branding and design and always, I was always around people that were super passionate. And then I was around people that weren't passionate. And I always felt like the, the ones that were passionate also were quite successful. So it triggered something in me to wanting to find out more, uh, the correlation between success and passion. And I kind of collected those stories or those inspiring people in like word lists and Evernote lists forever. And the lists grew and grew and grew. And, and I think maybe my first daughter triggered it for me to do something that I, that I really enjoyed. Not that I'm not enjoying work, but I just wanted to, to connect to those people, you know, the, those people who I was inspired by and I just really wanted to hear them talk about their processes, their passion, um, how did they actually make success from their passion. And then I started to collect those stories and I randomly started to interview people and then one thing led to the other and all of a sudden I had the first issue and I yeah, hit the print button, so to speak, and um, it was very scary but uh, a very, very immediate, nice feedback from the peers, from the community around me and beyond. So um, after the first issue, I couldn't, I couldn't go back to not doing it. So I think that's the story. Well, and, and Sandra, just to stay with you on that, you're, you're on your fifth issue now. I mean, where are you on your list, <laughs> if I could ask? <laughs> well, the list, the list is, is, is uh, I think, a same, uh, the same length as it started out with, because we're continuously adding people. And I think it's um, even longer now that uh, Karin contributes to that list, too. And I mean, ever since we started to speak with people, everybody we interview uh, literally tells us at least three to four to five uh, other people they are inspired by or they look up to. So the list more or less expansionally uh, grew into something humongous. <laughs> well, Karen, to, to bring you in then on that, where does where does your passion for this come from? And maybe one aspect of this that, that's worth uh, touching on as well is just it does feel like passion and success have become more intertwined and also more of a driver uh, really since the pandemic as well. Absolutely. I mean, for, for me, it's I saw the magazine and I, I was so amazed that uh, like a single person can do this on, on her own, you know, next to running a studio. And then I thought, wow, that's, that's just amazing. And then talking to all these people who are driven by something that comes from the inside. And there, if you talked about the pandemic, it's of course, they also feel the pandemic, but I have the 
somehow they're in their own, you know, in their own story and, and the pandemic doesn't hit that hard. This is what I, I see and what I feel in the conversations I have, that people who are driven by something that comes from the inside, by their passion, you know, they have their own line to follow. Does it seem like at the same time, perhaps, Karen, that, that some people, even if they had their own driver, it just feels like we're seeing even more stories now of people changing professions, sort of driven to follow their passion, perhaps as a result of perhaps just certain bits of a rethink uh, uh, during the pandemic? Absolutely. I think it's always when, when you realize that life is not infinite, you start thinking, and of course the pandemic, I mean, there are people dying, and uh, of course it makes you think, what, what am I doing with my life? And people also had time, if they wanted or not, to think about it. So I really, that, that also brings out a lot of good things. Sandra, one, one other aspect of this that I was uh, curious about, uh, why the drive to make an English language international magazine, if I could ask, why, why not German? I think it basically started with the first few uh, conversations. And since most of the people I was inspired by, I came out of my scope of work and I've always worked internationally. Half of the interviews were um, in English, half of them were in German. I really gave it a, a little thought whether to go in German or English, but literally for me, writing in English is easier so to speak. I think German, even though it's my mother tongue, is is sometimes not as, I don't know, easy to, to tell stories with. And since the interviews were done in English, I didn't want to translate them back and forth. So it was way easier for me to do German interviews, translate them in my head, and then come up with stories. And I always wanted to, um, I, I didn't want to think borders. I worked in New York, I've lived in Stockholm. I never really, you know, gave myself boundaries as in country-wise. I always worked internationally. I have international friends. And I kind of also knew market-wise, coming from <laughs> advertising, branding, marketing, that the German uh, market might be a good start, but the international market might be a better start to see when I throw out these interviews and I throw out this magazine, where is it actually going to stick? Where do I find my peer group? Where do I find people who actually resonate with the, with the content? So it was half, half, half German, half English at the beginning. And then I, it was just a, a more rational decision than anything else, I think. Sandra, also uh, speaking of sort of your, your approach, I mean, one thing that also strikes me is, you know, so much uh, has gone digital these days, especially even more so in the pandemic. So I guess why the motivation to go fully print to actually produce a magazine, as we obviously do here at Monocle as well, but what, what was your motivation to go the print route? Because of everything you just said. <laughs> everything is going digital. Everything is going super fast. I come from the background of print. I love print. I think it gives us a, a different understanding of time, a different pace. It calms you down. I think there's nothing better than smelling the paper and the ink on the paper. And I think the quality is just something completely different than the content we kinda, we get hit by uh, on a daily basis. I think it's also more valuable to some extent. It has higher quality if I keep it around for longer. Um, maybe 
I come back to it. I, there are so many levels of quality and, and detail uh, I, I love about print. And we discussed whether we're going to do digital copies or, or, or just stories. But basically, I think we, you know, we do two, two uh, copies a year, two issues a year. So if people keep us around for six months until the next issue comes out, that's perfectly fine for us. I think that's exactly the, the pace we want it to go. And we just simply love print and something to hold in our hands. Well, Karin, on that, I mean, I feel like there is, aside from uh, the print aspect uh, that you put so eloquently, Sandra, there there is a lot of actually, it feels like overlap, uh, to be honest, with also the types of businesses that we like uh, here at Monocle. I mean, you, uh, Karin, were also at Monocle's Quality of Life conference in Athens earlier this year. How would you describe in that sense your approach to what kind of businesses and people you'd like to highlight? We discussed it a lot, like what kind of people do we want to highlight, what kind of businesses. And actually, we started with the last issue. We opened it a bit more to also, because we had more like creative people in there and makers. This is a little bit where it came from. And now we think, no, really, it's there are no borders and they can come from any kind of business as long as their approach brings out a story that, that is inspiring. We don't limit ourselves to any kind of businesses or economies. It's, we see that there are creative people in any kind of you know, industry. So we, we don't have a limitation to industries or, or level of work. Can be, you know, it can be from the intern to the CEO, really everyone. The intern to the CEO, and also just a, a quite a mix. I mean, Karen, for for this issue, the fifth issue, you spoke to a baker in Merano uh, and also a teacher of movement in South Korea. I mean, what what were your lasting impressions? The lasting impressions are the like both people really turned turned something in their lives, and this is why I was so inspired by their their story. Uh, because for the movement teacher in South Korea, he changed his life 180 degrees when he was 45. And most of people you talk to when they're in the mid-40s, they think, yeah, there's nothing I can do. You know, the, the life I have is the life I have. There's nothing I can change about it, even though I would. So I thought this is, this is just an amazing story. And it's not about really what it does. It's just that he was brave enough to, to change completely from, from a good career that he had, you know, and also going from a safe job that uh, Ivo in Merano had to working on his own and going the risk of opening a bakery in the pandemic. <laughs> that was also super inspiring. Well, and Sandra, too, I mean, what, what were some of your uh, favorites from, from this latest issue? Uh, obviously, th- those kinds of stories in themselves are always interesting when people switch sort of mid-career or later to follow their passion. But what were some of your lasting impressions? I, I wouldn't call it favorites because they're all uh, my favorites. I, I would never dare to pick one. We started out by inspiring, we wanted to inspire people. But these days, I mean, we we see that there are so many different topics and layers underneath it, right? We have the people that turn their careers 180 degrees. We have the people that won't um, settle with the educational surroundings. They are 
surrounded with. They just invent the way they come to their, they reach their goal. So I think the different perspectives is the most interesting to me, right? We have the ones that are super uh, steady in what they're interested in. We have like people that are so niche that nobody ever can envision to be in their, their shoes. We have people that have turned their careers around so often that it's crazy as well. So I think to shine a light on all those very, very different perspectives in life is for me the most interesting one to see those people and careers and passionate stories and successes next to each other and spread around the globe. They don't come with location, they don't come with culture or nationality. And I think the wide scope of those stories, that's that's actually what, what um, makes the most fun or the most inspiration uh, for me. So a, a very wide scope, but Sandra, just, just to end perhaps looking into the, the new year and uh, the new round of issues that will be coming out for, for 2022, is there anything particular that, that might change or any particular focus that you might have that you can tease for the new year? Well, definitely we're going to have a new website. <laughs> so we have to go digital to some extent. <laughs> yes. yes, also to streamline distribution a little bit more. So as we, we both have this background in communications and we, we do, we have a brand consultancy together where all this comes out from. So we, we don't come from distribution. So we are learning a lot by doing this magazine. And of course, now being in our third year with the magazine, we see that, okay, that there are some things that we have to think anew. So this is definitely, we're going to work on our website and magazine wise for the magazine, it's every issue that we change it a little bit and that we try to incorporate more and more things that we think are interesting for our readers. Yeah. And I think now that we've uh, done a couple of issues, I think now we've come to terms also that we collected so many insights that we maybe we'll bring out specific issues that actually combine those uh, thoughts and that know-how. And it's not simply a story-based or driven anymore, but we can also shine a light on the collective notes, so to speak, and the, the collective insight. So maybe we're going to do a special, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> or two specials. <laughs> that was Sandra Reicht and Karen Novazansky from It's a Passion Thing. Finally on the show, another Vibrant by Anu, NR Magazine. The title is a clever mix of fashion photography with different art mediums. I had the pleasure to speak with NR's co-founders and creative directors, Nima Habibzade and Jade Ramoville. NR is a print biannual publication that Nima and I co-founded in uh, 2016 in London. And... Um, Basically, NR is uh, a way for us to narrate a story through different artists, photographers, sculptures, any creatives uh, that we are inspired by and that we want to give a platform to um, for our readers to discover and also future readers to discover. Because for us, NR is kind of like a, a window to what surrounds us, what's going on in society. Yes, Nima, if you have anything to add. 
it's really just you know combining different artists and come coming together and really using this as a platform to showcase different artists you know we work with so many different people like globally and you know we we try to work with people that you know people that have not necessarily heard of you know from like Ed Templeton which is who is um you know is a photographer in the skate world to you know Eddie Pline who is really well known um for creating grills you know we really like to touch upon so many different people within the art and culture world and then also bring together people in the music world um in the fashion world obviously uh so yeah it's 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 a it's a combination of of different people coming together as best way to put it and a question to both of you actually perhaps starting with you Nima did you both had kind of a publishing background or is that your first experience with a magazine or or did you work with fashion before i'm just i'm just curious about it yeah of course i mean we didn't come from a publishing background at all um we actually both studied law at university and that's actually how we met so whilst we were studying i mean we really had a keen interest within fashion and arts and i think we once we graduated we knew that law wasn't for us So um we were really keen in sort of creating something that would be a platform for you know different artists and really at the time it was more of a hobby than anything and you know we're really grateful now that we can actually call it a job and be able to you know do what we love but i mean aside from from that i've worked in kind of various different roles as you know fashion assistant within sort of brands whilst i was at uni so you could kind of tell that uh, my interests were always outside of law <laughs> and um we also come from both diverse backgrounds um you might be british iranian and i'm french but my mom uh, was born in haiti So I think since we're very little and I can speak for both of us we've always been immersed in such different cultural like very rich culturally rich environments but also very influenced by art. Uh, Nima has a father who paints and my mother is also a painter. So yeah, we've always been immersed in these very fluid environments and NR was also a way to kind of transcend all these disciplines that we were very interested but we didn't want to just pick one so that's also how it's born and also we didn't i mean at the time in 2016 there were so many magazines actually that were popping up uh zines especially but we didn't see a publication yet that was really transcending as i said like all these different disciplines all at the same time and narrated around one theme because that's something that we do each issue is themed on a particular subject matter and the one that you have in your hands today is on identity. Yeah, that that was actually uh, going to be my follow-up question because I noticed that, you know, there's a theme and it kind of it's carried out throughout uh, the editions. Identity it's a very important topic and also quite broad as well. I think you can do many things with the topic of identity. I mean, can you tell us a bit more about that because you you can be creative as I can see here in the stories uh, on this new edition. Yeah, I mean, our themes are always, you know, they're very kind of loose guides for when we create an issue. We don't want it to be too controlled by it when we're creating, but at the same time they're always important subjects to touch upon. I mean, identity I think more so now than ever has been really important. And I think it will continue to be important and I think with us when we 
you know, we, we use a theme for an issue, we continue to touch upon it in issues that, future issues that go on. So for us, it's super important that, you know, we create these themes that really are to do with society and what society is going through. And we're very much aware of that, you know, um, even doing past one of our first ever actual themes was gender neutral. So that is something, again, that we continue to explore in all our issues now, you know, uh, gender neutral clothing, you know, pronouns, various things like this. This is all very important that we kind of explore not just through fashion, but through art and music and the various different people that we have on the covers as well. And also um, because NR is, is uh, Nima's and I like life project and it's also something very personal and it grows with us the same way that we shift and our identity keeps shifting through the years as we've grown, the, the publication does as well. And at the end, identity can be related to race, gender, religion, culture, music, fashion. Everyone and anyone can resonate with that theme. Absolutely. And, and one of the things, again, that I was going to ask, I know the magazine is published in London, but, you know, but there is, it's quite international as well, Jade. I'm talking to you uh, from uh, Milan, right? So how, how does it work? I mean, do you, do, do you guys meet? I mean, I guess you talk every day kind of via Zoom or whatever, but, but how does it work, this international dynamic? So during the, the pandemic, actually, when we were working on our issue number four, not 13, sorry, and it was the growth issue, we actually had to work from home. So Nima and I were constantly doing Zoom meetings and already that was, I mean, Zoom is great. We can, well, I <laughs> don't need to explain really, but uh, we've been used to working kind of from our own homes. So, yeah. We know we've done so many different shoots abroad, communicating via Zoom or via text or email. And I think it just goes to show, you know, you in this industry, there's a lot of trust that you have to give as well. So I think with the creatives that we work with, we're constantly, you know, we, we trust them. We've worked with them many times before. So to be able to kind of do that over the pandemic and successfully bring out an issue just goes to show, you know, how sometimes you really don't need to actually be present if you kind of commission the right people to shoot. <laughs> and you did commission the right people. I thought it's fascinating. One of my favorite stories I think it was a food photography with, what's his name, Alex Paganelli. I thought it was incredible photography as well. And, and even for you guys to get someone like Villain Dafoe, I mean, one of my favorite actors as well. It was fascinating. I mean, how was the, how was the process? I mean, did you guys approach him? Uh, how, how did it work there? Actually, they approached us, but we were in kind of in contact with, you know, various different publicists, um, you know, like we always are for, you know, for different actors or musicians that depending on their projects they have going on that would that would be the right time to photograph them and then obviously do the interviews but yeah I mean that was a very surreal moment I think for both of us I mean having you know grown up watching his movies and you know The Lighthouse is actually one of my favorite movies so to be able to you know one meet him and to you know produce him for the cover I, I think for us it was a very humbling moment and you know a kind of a pinch me moment for us so yeah extremely extremely happy with that <laughs> well that's fantastic a question you know uh, i always like to ask this question so when 
for our international listeners, if they want to buy a copy of NR, what's the best way? I mean, I know you have a, a beautiful website, but, you know, I guess you have some international stockists around the world. Perhaps, Jade, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, of course. So we are actually, we the same way we carefully select our features and who we commission, we also carefully select in which stores we are stocked and um, we're very grateful because since the pandemic we were only selling online but now for this uh, identity issue it's available on boutiquemags.com but also in Dover Street Market in London, uh, Willie News in London I believe it's called as well as Ten Corso Como in Milan, Magma in uh, New York and some other places. That was Nima Habibzade and Jade Ramoville from NR Magazine. That's it for this week's show. My thanks to our editor, Nora Hall. If you have any comments or queries, feel free to write to me, Fernando, at fpandmonaco.com. And remember, we're back next Saturday at the same time, and meanwhile, you can always listen to it again at monaco.com or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Before we go, a little song for you. Joseph Salvat with Night Swim. You've been listening to The Stack. I'm Fernando Augusto Pacheco. Until next time, it's goodbye from me. Just stay a little longer and swim With me in this rooftop pool Swim, swim, swim Hold on, swim to me Swim, swim, swim.